Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Diagnosing and Treating Dementia, Current Best Practices. This podcast is exited from a webinar presented live on July 30th, 2019. In this podcast, David Bass, Senior Vice President and Director of the Center for Research and Education at the Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging, discusses emerging resources that are being developed including an online compilation for professionals working with families to identify local resources and caregivers, as well as an evidence-based care coaching program. It's nice to be here with you. Uh, I'm from the Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging, which is both a community-based organization that provides services and a research organization. And I'm going to talk about two related projects that extend what David began talking about in terms of support for caregivers as well as for the person living with dementia. One of them is best practice caregiving, and the other one is BRI care consultation. Next slide, please. So I'm gonna start with best practice caregiving. Um, This is a a tool that is being developed and just about ready for public launch. And this is a place where you'll be able to go to a website to compare and learn about 45 different evidence-based programs that support caregivers of people with dementia. And some of these programs also assist the person living with dementia. And these are non-pharmacological programs, programs that aren't focused on medications or drug treatment. Best practice caregiving is for professionals. So this is a website being designed specifically for people uh, healthcare providers, social workers, nurses, all kinds of individuals who are professionals working with families. And it'll be a shopping interface where you'll be able to go and compare evidence-based dementia caregiving programs, just like you might go to a website to compare different models of a refrigerator to decide which one you might want to buy. Best practice caregiving will have comprehensive profiles of each of these programs detailed information about what it takes to implement these programs. That's really the focus of best practice caregiving, implementation characteristics, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. You'll also be able to learn about experiences of sites that have tried these programs, health systems, community organizations that have attempted to do a program. How is it working? What were their experiences? You'll be able to get complete bibliographies of all the published articles about each of these programs, and the name of someone you can contact to actually get more information. And and hopefully the goal is to have more replications of these programs available in communities. Next slide. The best practice caregiving is a collaboration between Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging and Family Caregiver Alliance. Um, Our other partner is Katie Maslow, who's a visiting scholar at the Gerontological Society of America and we have a team of great funders that are supporting this project. Next next slide, please. The reason we're doing best practice caregiving is because right now there is no single comprehensive updated source where you can go to easily find information about these programs that have been proven to be beneficial for caregivers and some of them also for the person living with dementia. So you could go to the published literature in research journals um, and find information about these programs, but most of 
but it's a bit difficult to find those articles. And there isn't a lot of information oftentimes about the implementation characteristics, things like what kind of training do you have to provide to staff? What do the manuals look like for these programs? What kind of um, marketing tools are there to attract caregivers to use programs? So research articles tend to be focused on the research findings. The lack of information from a single source makes it hard to know which program an organization might want to choose if they were if it were considering adding a caregiver support program to what's offered. Next slide, please. So a major advance in the field from our point of view is that there are now many of these non-pharmacological programs that have proven benefits for family and friend caregivers. And some of them also benefit the person living with dementia. Despite these proven benefits, these programs are not widely available in communities. Most health and social service organizations don't offer any of these programs, and as a result, families can't access them. There are a number of reasons why that's the case. One of the reasons is the lack of information about these different programs and the difficulty knowing how one program differs from another. So best practice caregiving is going to address that particular barrier. There are other barriers that limit program availability, like lack of um, a constant reimbursement source for these kinds of programs, and stigma uh, that keeps family members from reaching out for these programs. But those are really beyond the scope of what best practice caregiving will do. Next slide, please. Here are the eligibility criteria for programs to be included in best practice caregiving. Uh, the first one is really the research basis for the program. So there has to be a, a, a research study that showed statistically significant benefits for caregivers on at least one caregiver outcome and it has to be published in a, in a journal. Number two is that the program also has to have been implemented in a community setting by a health or social service organization. So we're looking for programs that have demonstrated they're feasible for a, an, a health system or a community agency to actually deliver. And finally, there has to, number three is there has to be somebody who you can contact in order to get permission or a license to deliver the program and all the delivery tools that might be needed. And it's amazing how hard it is to find the contact person to go to for lots of programs that show up in the research literature but really aren't available for community replication. Next slide. Here are the list of programs that are going to be in the first phase one launch of best practice caregiving. There are 45 on this list, and we're hoping there'll be a phase two where we'll be adding additional programs. Next slide. Here's a list of the kind of things these programs help with. Um, and you'll see it's, it, they are quite varied in the types of assistance provided. Some programs help with one thing. Some programs help with multiple things. And all of this will be displayed in an easy-to-use fashion in best practice caregiving. Next slide. Here's a little bit more about the kinds of characteristics about programs that you'll be able to find in best practice caregiving. 
Next slide. So best practice caregiving is just about uh, ready for launching, which is the culmination of a three-year project. Uh, the public launch of best practice caregiving will be in fall of this year, and uh, it will be part of the website of Family Caregiver Alliance, one of the partner organizations in the project. Family Caregiver Alliance has a great website, and it, you can find that website at caregiver.org, and there'll be a place on that website where you'll be able to get at best practice caregiving, the shopping interface for comparing different programs, um, and that'll launch uh, later this fall. So I'm going to go on to my second topic, which is to really talk more about one of the programs featured in best practice caregiving, and it's a program called BRI Care Consultation. It's a program that um, I was the lead developer for this project, uh, this program, which has been researched over the last 25 years here at Benjamin Rose Institute, and, and it's a care coordination, care coaching program for both persons living with dementia and their family and friend caregivers. Um, it's also for people with other chronic conditions as well, but many of the studies and many implementations of this program are focused on people with dementia of one sort or another and their caregivers. It's been tested in 10 different studies, and there are three research studies currently underway to further investigate this program and its effects on outcomes. It's available now in communities by around 40 organizations are delivering this program as a regular service around the country, and that includes the services side of Benjamin Rose Institute. So we actually deliver the program here in Cleveland and other organizations, mainly health systems, area agencies on aging, Alzheimer's chapters, and other Alzheimer's-specific organizations are also doing this program. Next slide, please. We created this program based on findings from research we had been doing here at Benjamin Rose that started in the late 1970s and continues today but particularly in the 1980s and 1990s where we were surveying family caregivers and people with dementia about their experiences with accessing services and getting family members and friends to help in the way they wanted. And we repeatedly would learn about key challenges that families were facing, caregivers not knowing where to begin to find services and trouble caregivers had with getting different family members to be on the same page and, and know the best ways to help and to coordinate help among family members and friends. On the services side, repeatedly uh, hearing about difficulties related to fragmentation among services, lack of coordination, um, not enough attention to prevention and planning. And caregivers would tell us, too much assessment and not enough solutions. They ask me the same questions over and over again, but I don't get any help. There's also a, the problem families would talk about of the illness and the caregiving situations constantly are, are changing, but services fail to keep up with that change. So kind of too static to adjust to the dynamic nature of, of this disease and caregiving. Next slide. So we developed BRI care consultation as a solution to, that, to those problems. 
It is a consumer-driven approach. That means that it is really designed to follow the lead of what family caregivers and people living with dementia want. The problems that are important to them drive this program. It's a cost-effective program delivered by telephone, email, and regular mail. There are no in-person visits required. And it serves both the person with a chronic condition, including people living with dementia, and the family or friend caregivers. Now, the program is very flexible, and it can be used by persons living with dementia who don't have a caregiver or don't need a caregiver, and they can be the sole recipient of the program. It also can serve caregivers who uh, are caring for someone who's too impaired or doesn't want to participate in the program, and the caregiver can use the program uh, themselves. Um, or it can be for both people, and that's how the program was designed. It is a personalized coaching program designed for simple and practical solutions. Establishes a long-term relationship with the family and the care consultant, and it is a standardized protocol that, that gives it its evidence-based. But the exact content of what kind of help each family gets is very personalized. Next slide. These are the main types of assistance the program provides, the primary one being linking to and coordinating health and social services and helping to resolve barriers to accessing and using services that families face. It focuses a lot on involving family members and friends in the best possible ways and provides emotional support and coaching for both the caregiver and the, the person living with dementia if they're also participating in the program. It provides lots of consumer-ready information to people the program has over 700 vetted, consumer-ready educational informational materials available to care consultants to distribute to families. And so they, these are vetted materials. Families face increasingly uh, saturation on information, especially online information about caregiving and problems with care, but the quality of that information is very variable. So we've vetted materials to assure uh, 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 the quality of information that caregivers distribute. Next slide. There are three main components to BRI care consultation, assessment, action plan, and ongoing support. I'll give you just a very quick summary of how that the program deals with these. Next slide. There is an assessment process, uh, both initial and reassessment, but it is not a clinical assessment in the traditional sense. It really is designed to guide discussions between care consultants and families and make sure that families have a chance to mention concerns or problems that might be on their minds. So care consultants are required to cover a broad range of potential problems in these discussions. We do provide more standardized assessment tools that are optional if care consultants want to use them, but it's these aren't required, and it's really about conversations with families and making sure that you, you, you prompt them to at least mention a concern, even if it's not foremost on their mind. And it is very holistic. There are 24 domains of care that care consultants have to look at uh, for the person living with dementia and 11 domains for the caregiver. And the first assessment is completed during the first four months. 
but it doesn't get away from the primary focus of actually addressing the things that families are most concerned about. And that starts with the very first call. Uh, next slide, please. And that starts with the action plan. So the very first contact care consultants begin to try to help families find solutions to the problems that are important to them. And they do that by creating an action plan which is comprised of simple, practical baby steps that move people towards solutions to the things that are important to them. Those go into the action plan. And the action plan is a list that grows. Action steps are added throughout the use of this longer-term program. Again, this is a long-term relationship. And each action step has a specific person who's to complete the action step, a date when it's expected to complete, be completed, and care consultants call people to see how the work is going to complete action steps and help them adjust the plan as they encounter barriers to those action steps. Next slide, please. This is an example of an action plan. We call it an action checklist that's periodically sent out to families as they work with care consultants. So as new action steps are added, care consultants mail or email caregivers or the, and or the person living with dementia, the list of things they're supposed to do, as well as the list that, that other people, other family members, professionals, including the care consultant are supposed to do with the dates when they're expected to be done. And they're constantly updating the, the list to, that's sent to families and checking to see how accomplishing action steps is going. Next slide, please. The program is a long-term program, and at the day of enrollment, a set of the minimum required contacts is set, the dates for those uh, across time. So care consultants are always required to be checking in with families. There are additional calls that can be initiated because they're following up on action steps, and caregivers or people living with dementia can contact uh, care consultants whenever they want. Next slide, please. Um, care consultants uh, with training can have a bachelor's degree in social work, nursing, or other helping professional, uh, helping profession, and they are able to deliver the program effectively, managing caseloads of 75 to 105 fam 125 families at a time. Next slide. There is a web-based software system we developed to guide the delivery and assure the program is being done as it was intended according to the evidence base. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.